This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. When was the first time you saw a healthcare provider that looked like you? What about the first time you had a provider that truly understood your background? Or put another way, how could something like cultural competency improve your next doctor's appointment and the care that you receive? And that could be anything from how a provider interacts with you to how seriously a doctor takes your concerns or even just understanding where you're coming from so that you don't have to give a spiel every single time. Cultural competency is something that the disability-led organization Access Living is pushing for all Illinois healthcare providers to get trained on. So for more, we're joined now by Neelam Dadankar, healthcare policy analyst at Access Living. Welcome to Reset, Neelam. Thank you for having me. And we're also joined by Mike Ziri, who's Director of Public Policy at Equality Illinois. Welcome, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. So I want to start with the big question. What are you looking for when you say cultural competency in healthcare? What does that look like, Mike? Yeah, cultural competency is, um, you know, providing uh, healthcare providers in this sense with the skills and the tools to understand and support and better communicate with the diverse populations in Illinois, uh, especially the diverse communities that have traditionally been left out of affirming healthcare. Um, LGBTQ plus people, people with disabilities, uh, immigrants, um, people of diverse faiths, uh, people living with HIV, uh, those communities that have traditionally been left out to help ensure that they get the best health care outcomes possible through more knowledgeable and culturally competent providers. Mm. And Neelam, you've got your own experience with uh, with a provider and, and lack of cultural competency. Please tell us what happened. So I have certain chronic health issues that I deal with on a regular basis. Um, There were a couple of incidents, um, you know, that left me feeling like, um, okay, I'm not going to get the care that I need um, with these particular doctors, you know, um, who have this um, prejudicial mindset. For example... One time, I went to an emergency room here in Chicago, and my blood pressure was dangerously high, and um, I had a really uh, great swelling in uh, you know one of my legs. So when I went to the emergency room, uh, I got checked in and everything. The nurse checked my blood pressure and asked me some questions. And then we were waiting for the doctor to come in. And after waiting for a long time, he just stood at the door of the room Mm -hmm. I was in. And uh, he looked upset, frustrated, and said to me, I don't know what to do with you. I don't know your anatomy. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to help you. I mean, he didn't come inside the room to talk to me, to ask me any questions. And He stood at the door. Yeah, he just stood at the door. And he did see <laughs> the um, blood pressure was really high. And the machine was going off because it was so high. And he just didn't seem concerned. So... I went to another hospital, a different emergency room, and that's when I found out that my kidneys were failing. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's a good thing that, you know, I I went when I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I listened to my instincts. 
and you oh, went somewhere else. That's yeah. right. This experience, it, it led to this legislation. Right? Um, I mean, there are so many people like me who have had these kinds of experiences in Illinois, you know, and not just people with disabilities, but, you know, um, people, you know, of different um, ethnicities, yeah, religious backgrounds, um, the LGBTQI plus population. Um, I could go on and on. Yeah. They have all had these experiences. So, Mike, how can providers be better? Yeah. So Illinois does not have um, a requirement right now for continuing education for cultural competency. Um, And we think it should. We think it needs to because cultural competency saves lives. You know, we saw the pandemic really showed the disparities that were already existing um, and the needs. Um, and, you know, from an LGBTQ plus perspective, we also see what's happening across the country, mm-hmm. the attacks on trans folks. Um, and I- I'm reminded of a, of a story of a trans youth in Carbondale, Southern Illinois, who said that to find an affirming provider who will affirm them as a trans person, they would travel five hours one way to the north side of Chicago for a provider. And so that's a long you know, way. Um, our, the legislation we're working on, the healthcare cultural competency bill, would require that cultural competency be part of continuing medical education, which is that education that healthcare providers have to, um, you know, take every few years for license renewal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Illinois is lagging behind other states. Mm-hmm. New Jersey already does this. Connecticut, the District of Columbia, um, and so Illinois needs to move forward and to adopt this. And we 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 all. In any industry, we have these on-the-job trainings that that companies um, that they standardize, right? Uh, but this is really important. This is for people's health, right? Beyond the training aspect, Mike, what does accountability look like for these doctors? Yeah, I think accountability. Um, and since we don't have this, it's you know we don't have that accountability. But accountability is going to look like working with partners like. Um, you know, access living, like the Illinois Nurses Association, um, like other organizations, there's a broad coalition of civil rights, community health care, and labor groups advocating for this legislation. It's going to look like working in partnership with them because there are a lot of modules that already exist that would, uh, you know, fit this training. Yeah. Um, and so it, it really is um, making sure it's a requirement so that all healthcare providers who are licensed in Illinois would have to, to take this and then working with the community organizations to make sure the content is appropriate, is, is being included, uh, and that the needs of the communities are being met. Neelam, how do you think cultural competency would have made your experience different? Oh, I think it would have made a huge difference because when providing culturally competent care to your patients, you know, you have to take into account your patients' um you know, cultural background. You have to understand the context, um, you know, of their background, their language, um, their, you know, ability experiences or disability experiences, however you want to say that. I feel like just asking you a couple more questions on that day would have led the doctor in a a better direction, that original doctor. Yes, I, I agree. And, you know, I had another doctor um, at a different hospital in Chicago when I was on dialysis. He said, um, well, he kept trying to um, dissuade me from receiving kidney transplant. He kept saying, 
that I don't need it. And I, I was in my 20s and otherwise perfectly healthy. Um, and patients who get on a wait list are very carefully vetted. So it's not that easy to get on these wait lists. You have to be approved by all types of different specialists, you know, dietitians, social workers, nurses. So after going through that long process, I was finally put on wait list. And even then, he thought I was not a good candidate, you know, um, that it wouldn't make a huge difference for me. Mm. Um, and when I would talk to doctors who worked um, with him, they disagreed. Yeah. Really? Even his own team? Yes. So so this legislation that, that Access Living is advocating for, I want to hear from both of you on, on how that fits into the picture. What would it change? What's the gist of it? Um, I think it would help healthcare providers confront their own implicit bias. You know, I think it would help them reflect on things because we all have our biases, you know, but there are so many people who are not aware of them mm -hmm. because they're not really forced to reflect. They're not forced to think about it. They're not forced to take a hard look at themselves. So I think this healthcare cultural competency training would help with that. It would train doctors mm -hmm. in best practices of providing care that is culturally appropriate. Um, yeah, yes. and, and Mike, would it just be this mandated cultural competency training? Would it be just physicians? Like who? Yeah, who so, is this for? It's a great question. It's a broad range of healthcare providers in okay. Illinois. So it's um, it's physicians. I, was say, I can think of more than just doctors yeah. who would need this. Oh, absolutely. I I, I, I hear that, and I it's a broad range. It's um, physicians. It's um, dentists, um, nurses. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned before, the Illinois Nurses Association supports this bill, and we're excited for that support. Um, so it's a broad range of healthcare providers. Um, who um, who would you know this would be part of their continuing education that they take um, and yeah it's it, we think it should be super broad um, and inclusive of all those providers. The legislation to mandate cultural competency competency training uh, HB two two eight zero and SB two four twenty seven. It currently has two thousand petitions behind the two of them. What is next in the legislative process? Yeah, yeah. So I, um, one thing I want to add is that there is opposition to the bill. Um, you know, I mentioned the broad support, the broad coalition that's working for it. There is opposition. And it's you know, saying what? A, a medical community like the Illinois State Medical Society opposes. Um, you know, they don't they want to be regulated in this way by the state of Illinois. Um, they don't want a mandate. They don't want a mandate. And that's causing real harm. You know, the pandemic laid bare those disparities. You've, you know, we've heard Neelam talk about this, like there is real harm being caused by the lack of required cultural competency education training, real harm being caused by the opposition of these organizations. Um, so, so we are, you know, working with our amazing sponsors, um, Senator Ram Vilivalam, uh, State Representative Dagmara Avalar, to, to get the bill passed, um, you know, to negotiate the components. Uh, but at the base level, there must be required cultural competency training for healthcare providers in Illinois. Yeah. To that end, Neelam, the, the Illinois State Medical Society responded to this in a statement. And they were calling the legislation time-consuming and onerous and suggesting that medical education shouldn't be legislated, as, as Mike pointed out. What did Access Living think of that? 
Well, I mean, <laughs> it is absolutely necessary to have this type of law because you're talking about, you know, life and death when, um, when it comes to uh, people with disabilities, when it comes to people, um, you know, who do not speak English, for example. And for that reason, um, Access Living, you know, um, strongly supports this bill because we are an organization that tries to remove barriers um, as much as we can mm-hmm. for people with disabilities mainly. And I think having this bill passed will um, remove one of those barriers to health care. It will help reduce disparity, healthcare disparity, um, especially among um, disabled people of color. Yeah. I want to circle back to your story one more time, Neelam, because in an ideal world, how does a cultural competent healthcare system treat the next Neelam who comes in for a kidney transplant? Um, well, I think um, somebody who is trained would ask the patient, you know, um, what's going on? <laughs> Tell me uh, why you are here. And you know, they wouldn't assume things. They would not let uh, their biases, uh, prejudices get in the way. They would be aware that, okay, this is my bias, but I'm not going to act on it. I still have to do the right thing because we all have biases. And I'm aware of my biases. And I would be very aware if I were to act on them. And that would not make me feel very good about myself yeah. because it's not right. As we talked a moment ago about some of the opposition, I want to make full disclosure that our team did contact the Illinois State Medical Society. We just didn't get a response. Uh, before we go, Mike, how can folks keep up with this as it moves along? Yeah, a um, couple different ways. Um, you know, Equality Illinois um, Folks can sign up for and access living. Any of the organizations support the bill. Sign up for action alerts. Sign up for our newsletters. Um, follow our Facebook pages, etc. Um, you know, as we continue to work on this bill and other pieces of legislation to keep Illinois moving forward. Um, also, contact your state senator. Mm-hmm. Contact your state representative and say that you want Senate Bill twenty four twenty seven and House Bill twenty two eighty. You know, advocacy is very powerful. So, contacting your state legislators in that regard. That's Mike Ziri, Director of Public Policy at Equality Illinois, and Neelam Dadankar, Healthcare Policy Analyst at Access Living. Thank you both so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us.